For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Let's do this, the final week of the series called Samson. If you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to Judges chapter 16, uh, or you can log on on your mobile devices at uh, Uversion. We're so glad to have everybody with us at all of our live churches, our network churches, our uh, church online family, those of you uh, listening uh, through podcasts or whatever, thank you for joining us today. Uh, let me wrap back to where we've been in case perhaps maybe you missed uh, one or more of the previous weeks. We are looking at uh, one of the most frustrating characters in the Bible. And this was a guy who was given so much by God. From birth, Samson was actually called by God set apart by God, empowered with supernatural strength from God to fulfill God's calling on his life, which was to help deliver the Israelites from the oppressive hands of the bad guys, the Philistines. And even though he was given all of this power and this divine calling, he, like so many of us men, messed up again and again and again. We said he was an incredibly strong man with a dangerously weak will. And again and again, broke his vows to God, chasing after the wrong women, touching things he wasn't supposed to touch, drinking things he wasn't supposed to drink, and getting a really bad haircut when he was never supposed to get his hair cut. Uh, we also looked at his emotions, and we recognized that one of his problems is he was emotion-driven not spirit-led. That's a problem for a lot of us as men. Our emotions get out of control, and we end up letting them drive us rather than the spirit drive us. Last week, we saw that most men don't ruin their lives all at once. How do they ruin their lives? They ruin them one step at a time. And so we're going to watch as this guy who was given so much, just like so many of us, blew it big time, and we're going to pick him up in the story when he's supposed to be delivering God's people. He's actually now a prisoner. His eyes had been gouged out. Now, most commentaries uh, actually believe that the Philistines would have burned his eyes with fire first and then dug out what was remaining. Uh, he's in shackles. He's actually uh, grinding, which the, what, what he would have been doing is he was actually fastened to this big wooden grind, and he would have been doing what an ox or an animal would have done just day after day. He's pushing this thing in a circle as everybody's mocking him, throwing stuff at him, calling him names, making fun of him, uh, and such. And so it just doesn't get any lower uh, than the low point where Samson is. Uh, his condition right now in the story, it raises the question, what do you do when you realize you've blown it? What do you do, men, when you realize you've wasted years that God gave you? You've wasted the gifts he's given you. You've done some things that you can't undo. You're embarrassed by your actions. You've hurt people that you love. 
You didn't do what God created you to do. And the problem is for us men is that we take this kind of failure very, very personally because men and women typically find value in different ways. For example, ladies, you typically receive value in relationships. If that's true, women say with a high pitch, that's true. Everybody say it. That's true. Very good, okay? That's true, okay? You, you get value in relationships because for women, everything is about relationships is, do you like me, and are we friends, and can we hug, and can we cry, and you took 72 seconds to text me back, are we still BFFs, just tell me we are, because I love you so much, and I love everybody, and it's all about relationship. Everything is relational for women, everything is relational, everything, even going to the bathroom, it's relational. <laughs> women don't go to the bathroom alone, would you like to go to the bathroom with me, sure, do we know anybody else, women, ladies, anybody, let's go to the bathroom, and then Four hours later, you come out of the bathroom. We don't know what happens. That's, that's not the way men are. It, men, we, we, we like to be liked, but it's not everything for us. We get value not as much from relationships, for, but from accomplishments. How do we measure up? Did we do good? Did, did we win? Can we conquer? We, we like to be liked, but it's not all about relationships. No guy that you trust ever says to his friends, hey, let's all go to the bathroom together. They just <laughs> don't do that. And if you ever do see a friend in the bathroom, you are allowed to talk. You can speak, but you just don't make eye contact. You, you look at the wall. You never look. You just don't do that. <laughs> you just look at the wall. And if you do look, you lose your man card. Because men, we, 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 we want to be... It's not so much that, hey, do you like me, it's do you respect me? Do you respect me? And so when we fail, we take it so personally, and we often feel like we can never recover from failure. If you're taking notes, that's why, uh, generally speaking, a man's greatest fear is failure, and his greatest pain is regret. For most men, our greatest fear, we don't want to fail. We, we, want to, we want to measure up. We want to be successful. And when we don't live up to our expectations or someone else's, typically our greatest pain is regret. I wish I could have and I should have, and why didn't I? In fact, there are a lot of you one day that you're going to face some significant regret. Unfortunately, uh, many men will one day look their wives in the eye, the woman who's been faithful to them for years, popped out kids and, and served them, and, and he'll have to try to explain why he was getting his jollies with some image on a computer screen as she cries and cries and cries. Or he'll try to explain something that's inexplicable, why he betrayed his vow to her and chased after some flues thing at, at his office. And he'll, he'll face the regret of betraying the woman who has been so faithful to him. Or it might be the guy who just uh, is so frustrated because he's in a career that feels beneath him. And he's, you know, he's living paycheck to paycheck and some of his friends are doing better and he feels like a failure because of that. Or it could be the guy who regrets not marrying. And years later, he's like, well, you know, had I treated her better or hadn't been such a selfish jerk and now here I am alone and I wish I wasn't. Or it could be the guy who is married and his marriage is pathetic. And he hates that his marriage is pathetic. He doesn't like his marriage. His 
wife knows it's not good, he knows it's not good, and yet he's not man enough to do anything about it. He just kind of resigns to it, and he hates that it's that way, but he doesn't do anything about it. Or it may not be the outward failure, sometimes it's the inward failure that no one else sees that gets him. It's the promise that he made to himself, or the promise he made to God, that I'll never, ever do that again. And then by Thursday, he does it again. And internally, he feels like such a failure. Samson's story, men, it teaches us something that we have to embrace, internalize, to live with. It's the principle that just because you failed at something does not mean that you are a failure. Write this down. A failure is an event, never a person. A failure is an event, never a person. We're going to see in Samson's life a guy who failed over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then when it looks like he failed way too much for God to ever even love him, much less use him, we're going to watch and see a God who still accomplishes his purposes through a man that repeatedly could not get it right. I'm here to tell somebody some good news. Just because you're down, you are not out. If you failed at something, you are not a failure because a failure is an event, never a person. Let's watch this story unfold in Judges 16, verse 23. Here's what the Bible says. Now, the rulers of the Philistines, those are the bad guys, they assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, our God, Dagon, has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. Now, let's pause there for a moment and uh, kind of unpack what we just read. Uh, they would have been gathered in the, the temple, but, but for our understanding, it, it looked more like uh, a coliseum. That's what we would picture. It, it was a, there's a big open area, and then there's layers of seating on top of each other, and there would have been gathered at least 3,000 people at this event, maybe as many as 5,000. Uh, and they're worshiping Dagon, which was the god of the harvest. And Dagon was a, uh, the image of this god had a man head and a fish body, okay? The man fish god. And so they're going, man fish god, thank you for delivering Samson into our hands and they're making sacrifices and praising the man fish god, okay? Verse 24, not judging, but I like our God better than the man fish God, okay? Verse, uh, verse 24, when the people saw Samson, they praised their God saying, our God has delivered our enemy into our hands. The one who did what? Everybody say it aloud. The one who laid waste our land. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we studied the 150 pair of foxes incident when he put the torch in the foxes and burned their land? This is what they're talking about. Hey, he's the guy who burned our land and the one who did what else? And multiplied our slain. Do you remember the jawbone incident where he took the jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand of them? He said, they're saying, this is the guy, verse 25. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. And so they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. Doesn't get any lower than this. He is totally and completely, 100% 
totally and completely, 100% shamed in front of uh, God's enemies. He has failed massively. Now, there's two responses to failure if you're taking notes. The natural response is remorse. And this, unfortunately, is where a lot of men stop. Remorse. I feel bad about what I did. Shouldn't have done it. I'm a bad person. Sometimes remorse will turn inward. Well, I'm, I'm horrible, I'm no good, I'm the worst person who's ever lived, I have no future, I hate myself, I hate my life, and it turns inward. Other times it turns outward into kind of, I'm a victim and it's someone else's fault. It's, I should, you know, this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't, and you know, I, I didn't ask for this, and you know what, it's all Delilah's fault when she came up to me with that little, you know, all that stuff, and you know, dedicate me a love song, Samson, Delilah, you know, and I like, ah, oh, just you know, got up into my, or it was her fault when she did that whole nagging thing. Now, unfortunately, some of you men have only memorized one verse from this whole story <laughs> that she prodded him and nagged him, help me out, day after day until he was what? Until he was tired to, listen to you're memorizing God's word. Do not <laughs> quote that at your wife ever, ever. Don't let anyone plow with your heifer and don't <laughs> quote that verse ever, right? Yeah. If you missed the earlier weeks, you go, what's he talking about? Don't miss church or you'd understand these awesome jokes. And so it's this, it's this deep remorse. I'm a loser. I'm no good at somebody else's fault. There's a better response, though, and that is repentance. There is remorse, the natural response. The better response, though, is repentance. And that is, I own it. My fault. I blew it. But it's not just, hey, I didn't do what God entrusted me, me to do. I'm turning away from that which I did wrong, and I'm turning toward that which is right. It's repentance. Remember last week, most men don't ruin their lives one step at a, uh, all at once. How do they do it? They do it one step at a time. And if you're going in the wrong direction, what do you do? What do you do? You, you turn around. You turn around. And that's what repentance is. It's simply it, remorse focuses on the bad. Oh, I'm horrible. It looks back to all the things we did wrong. Repentance turns from the lower, that which is to hi higher. Re means turn. Pent means the highest. We turn from our lower sinful ways and turn back to God's higher ways. It's not just I feel bad about this, but I'm turning completely to God to let him redeem me to his divine purposes. You see, all of us, we're gonna do some things we can't undo. For example, I don't know if all of you know or not, but you can group text people now. How many of you know that? You can group text people? You gotta be careful with that, okay? <laughs> because Amy group texted me along with her friends to tell me something when I was on a trip, and it was about 11 o'clock at night, and we've been known to practice what I call hot text, you know what I'm saying? We're married, little, uh, little romance. You know, Amy, she, she does this to me all the time, all the time, it gets old, she's always like, can't wait, I want you, can't wait, you know, you're my, lot of, you know, and you gotta, you gotta deal with it, because it's just, when you're, you just. <laughs> and so I decided just to give her a little, uh, little Song of Solomon love action on the phone, just, I'm on the road, I can't wait to get home, and so I, you know, and I sent it to her 
But the moment I pressed send, I looked on there and I actually responded to the group text. <laughs> I just sexted my wife's friends. <laughs> and I'm in there, I, just, I mean, I mean, I did, it's like that commercial where the guy sends the email and then he screams, I'm in the, Pastor ah! and I'm like, I can't go and run and get their phones and throw them in the toilet. I'm, I mean, I'm devastated and then, you know, 30 seconds later, my phone rings and it's Amy and <laughs> she's like, do you, re yes, I do. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know, here's the deal. You, there are some things you cannot undo. You, you, can, you cannot unsin, but you can repent. You cannot unsin, but you can repent. Gentlemen, some of you, you're going to come up on the horrible realization. You can't unsleep with that person you slept with, but you can repent. Not I'm sorry I got caught. And it I'm talking repent. You can't undo the bad deal that you did, but you can repent. You can't unsay what you said. You can't undo what you did. You can't unlook at what you looked at, but you can repent. You can't unsin, but you can repent. And for the record, if you're ever texting a group text, you also can't unsend. <laughs> Just saying, be careful when you are sending love messages to your wife, and she could have sent you a group text. You can't undo some things, but you can repent. And I believe that Samson, he comes to some point in his life where he remembers who he was created to be. I wasn't created to be entertainment to the enemies. I was created and set apart by God to do something significant. And it's my prayer, gentlemen, that somewhere along in this series of messages that you will remember you were created to honor and glorify God with your life. That you'll remember who you were created to be. And you don't let your, your, your spiritual enemy lure you into a remorse looking back, oh, I wish I could have, if I would have, I shouldn't have, I didn't, I hate myself, it's not my fault. But instead of being remorseful looking back, repentance says, I'm not gonna let what I did stop me from doing what God wants me to do. I'm turning away from my sin and I'm turning toward God. I cannot change my past. You cannot change your past but you can change your future. Just because you're down, you are not out. Don't internalize the failure. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. And watch as Samson realizes this. Verse 25, when they stood him among the pillars, so he's in this temple, this, it's like a coliseum with these giant pillars that support the weight of the place. Samson, verse 26, said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so I can lean against them. Then I love this. Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, Please strengthen me. Somebody help me out with this. He prays, oh God, please strengthen me just once more. I love this more than I can tell you. He says, please strengthen me just once more. In other words, I've blown it a thousand times, but I don't need a thousand more chances. I've blown it too many times to count, but I don't need multiple opportunities. God, all I need from you 
is one more chance. One time. God, one time. Just find it in your mercy to give me your strength. Just this once more. What is he? He's broken. It's no longer about him. Now it's all about God. I believe with all my heart he stepped across some kind of spiritual line where he's saying for the first time in my life, it's no longer about me. It's always been about me. It's always been about me, but it's no longer about me. And I'm stepping across a spiritual line. And from this moment forward, whatever I have left, I will give it all to the God who gave me all that I have. And he steps across the line and he says, I'm no longer the main character of this story. My God is the main character of this story. And everything that I have, I will use to honor him just one more time. I had a friend who um, betrayed a significant vow to um, many people he loved. And he came to me and he said, Craig, I can't even tell you as my, my good friend and my pastor how sorry I am, but I will tell you this, for the rest of my life, my actions will prove to you that I want to honor God with my life. That's the once more. That's the, for the rest of my life, I'm never the same. Everything in me is different. It's no longer about me. It's all about him. Here he is at the lowest point. I'm talking massive public humiliation. Nobody believes there's anything good in this guy. And internally, he has a private moment with God, just as some of you will have. Just one more time, God. One more time. One more chance. You give me your strength, and I will use the rest of my life to leverage what you give me for your glory and for your goodness. When a man is down, he is not out. Write this down. We're going to watch as God shows us, even in our failures, God can still accomplish his purposes. This is such good news. Even in our failures, God can still accomplish his purposes. What was God's purpose for Samson's life? That he would help start to deliver God's people from the hand of the Philistines. Verse 29, then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Verse 30, then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. He pushed the pillars with all of his might. Everything came crumbling down, and he destroyed more of God's enemies when he died than in all the years that he lived. It goes to show you that even in your failures, God can still use you. Even though you've messed up, it's not over yet. You are not what you did. You are who God said you are. If you're not dead, gentlemen, you're not done. There's more in you. Qu quit living in remorse of the past. Well, I shouldn't have, and I'm not, and I'm never, and they're never going to trust me again, and you know, financially, I'm just a mess, and I'm never going to make anything out of my career, and you know, I'm not keeping up with them. Quit your whining. Man, quit your whining. If you're a Christian, you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living inside of you. You may be down, but you are not out. You may be down, but you are not out. 
You can be a man of God. Well, I messed up so bad and all the stuff I did. Guess what? That makes your story even better. Well, look what God brought you out of. Yeah, for years I lied and lied and lied. For years I, st- for years I was an addict. For years I was uh, locked in a pornographic world. And guess just how much better God looks when they, everybody sees God took you out of darkness and brought you into light. Our God is not finished with you yet. So, gentlemen, here's the thing. Some of you, it's time to push some pillars down. It's time to push some pillars down. What pillars do you need to push down? And I want to get real specific here. Why? Because men are really, really simple. Okay. Not supposed to be that funny. Okay. But it is. We are. You know, I, I went to the, I have to write everything down because I'm a man and I have the spiritual gift of forgetting. I went to the grocery store Friday night to get one thing, frozen fruit to make smoothies. 200 and some odd dollars of food later, I came home without frozen fruit. Why? Because I'm a man. And we do that well. So what I want you to do is write it down very specifically. What pillars are you pushing down? What pillars are you pushing down and how are you going to do it? What pillars are you pushing down? Some of you, it's time to push down the pillars of pride. I need help. I'm alone. I'm messing up. I'm afraid. I feel like a failure. I'm, I'm, I've got this thing going on that I wish I didn't, but I do, and I don't know how to get out. I'm addicted. I'm, I've been lying. I'm not exactly who I said I was. Push down the pillar of pride and get some help. Push it down. Brothers, if you it might be anger, just push it down. I've been mad at the whole world, but in reality, I'm mad at myself. Push it down. W- what are you going to do about it? Here, here's where the rubber meets the road. You can't just say, I want something to be different and not do anything different. You want a different result? You got to do something different. You're going to call and get counseling. You're going to check yourself in for rehab. You're going to confess to your wife and and other godly men, I need help. You're going to confess to your small group. You're going to say, I need help managing my money. You're going to have someone say, let's help you get out of a career that's a dead-end career and get in something different. You're you're going to stop being a every now and then Sunday church attender, and you're going to be a real man of God. You're going to get your butt up. You're going to get your family involved in the church, and you're going to actually grow spiritually. You're going to stop just pretending you're going to do something about it. You're going to stop knowing you got a bad marriage and you're going to lead your way out of it. You're going to love your way out of it. You're not going to waste another day with your kids thinking one day I'll slow down and be a dad, but right now I'm making money for my family. You know, get over that stupid stuff and go be a dad now before your kids are gone. Do something different. You, you've, got, you've got a calling on your life. Don't wallow in the past. Turn, not remorse. Well, I feel bad. I feel guilty. Well, do something different. Turn away from your sin. Turn toward God and watch as God shows you. You may be down, but you're not out. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. You can do it. If you're a Christian, you have resurrection power within your life. Don't give up. 
Don't, don't just go be a stronger man. Satan loves to make strong men weak, but our God loves to make weak men strong. Don't just try to improve yourself and just be a better man. Be a man of God, a man of God, a man who says, it's no longer about me. It's all about him. It's been about me forever. It's no longer about me. It's all about him. Then push those pillars down, die to yourself to live for him. Now, check this out. What Samson did was right. He did what God called him to do. He pushed the pillars down, and he died. Hero! Yay! Sunday school story for fourth graders forever! Okay? What he did was right, but I'm also here to tell you, it was incredibly easy. Very easy. You say, well, no, 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 no. But he died. He gave his life for this. Easy. 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 Easy peasy weezy, okay? It's easy for a guy to do that because in all of us, there is, there's, there's that dormant hero ready to give your life. Hey, I'm telling you, every single one of you, some attacker breaks into your house and threatens someone you love, what are you going to do, man? You're getting out of bed in your boxers, your lamp is a weapon, and you're going to kill them or you're going to die trying, and you've got no reservation, do you? Not a bit. You'll give your life for someone you love or what's right. You'll do it, and that's easy to give your life one time. Samson gave his life one time, but real men of God give their lives daily. That's good preaching. Real men. They give their lives daily. Paul said, I die daily. And you know what? I just, I just believe in you all so much, man. I'm telling you, I believe in you so much. I, I believe in, in what a fully surrendered man can be. And I, I, just, I just, I'm like the quote we used the first week, the world is yet to see what God can do through one man wholly surrendered unto him. Why don't you be that man? Why don't you be that man? Well, I messed up, I messed up. You think Satan doesn't tell me all the time, you can't be a pastor of life church? You, you after what you, you chased down three teenage boys who flipped you off and <laughs> tried to whip them. You know, it's like, oh, you know, listen, remorse. I, I shouldn't have, I didn't. Here's what you do. Going the wrong way. Repent. Turn to God. It's not about me. I give you my whole life. You gave me something. I didn't do what you wanted me to do with it. I'm sorry. I own it. For the rest of my life, it's no longer about me. It's all about you. And men, when you do that, the world is yet to see what God can do through one man whose heart is totally surrendered unto him. Gentlemen, you be that man. Father, I pray that your spirit would work deep within our hearts and um, that all of us, but God, I pray especially for our men that um, you would do something significant, that your spirit would do a healing work. And God, no matter what we've done in the past, we would be who you created us to be. All of our churches, as you're praying today, um, let's just kind of recap through this, this whole four weeks. If God is saying something 
very specifically to you. You might be caught up in the, I want it, I deserve it, I, I can handle it. Maybe for you it was the second week, it was the pride, and it was the anger, it was the emotions and not the spirit. Maybe it's the third week where you recognize, you know, I really am, I'm, I've been stepping very slowly away from God. My hair is still long, but my heart has drifted from him. Or maybe it's today you just feel, you know, I really have, I've blown it, I've messed up, and I feel so bad about it. I just don't know if I could ever go back, if it could ever be good again. And God is speaking to you. You are not what you did. You are who he says you are. God is showing you something very specific um, in this, uh, this series, and you want him to do everything that he wants to do in your life. Would you lift up your hands right now? Just all of our different churches, just lift them up high. God, I, I thank you today for um, all the people you're speaking to. I pray, God, very specifically that, um, especially for our men, that we would be able to say, here's the pillar, whatever it is, or here are the pillars that we're going to push down. And then, God, I thank you that we don't have to do it with our strength, but, God, it's with your strength. You give us the strength to do it. God, I pray that every man would be able to name, here's specifically the pillars that with the help of God we're pushing down. And then, God, I pray that we would be different, forever different, because we've been in your presence, because your word has been proclaimed, and because your spirit is here. We thank you, God, that in your presence we cannot be the same. I pray, O oh God, for life transformation by the power of Christ, that we wouldn't be stronger in our own strength, but we would be weaker, and your strength would be made perfect through us. Thank you, God, for all the ways you're going to use your men to accomplish your purposes, all for your glory. As you keep praying today at all of our different churches, man, here's the best part of our time together. There are those of you that you feel very, very guilty for the things you've done. You, you look at your life and say, I've blown it, I've blown it, I've, I've messed up so, I, I, so many different ways. I am, I've blown it in such a, a, a big way. Here is the good news. You are here today because God wanted you to be here because his love is greater than your greatest sin because God in his love for you while we were still sinners, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us on the cross. Jesus became sin for us. He shed his blood to cover our sins. He died and he rose again so that anyone, and that includes you, it doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how low you feel, doesn't matter how far away from God you believe you are, no matter what you've done, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What does that mean? Your sins will be forgiven. You will be brand new. All your old life, it's gone, and everything is new. That's why many of you are here today to call on him. I failed. I've sinned. I need a savior. Jesus, take my life. Make me new. I step across the line. It's no longer about me. It's all about you. I give my life wholly and completely to you. God, take my life. Jesus, I give it to you. That's your prayer today. Would you lift your hands high right now? Lift them up now all over the place and leave them up, if you will, right up here. Sir, God bless you. Praise God for you. And over here as well, right back over here, sir. Welcome into God's family. Praise God for you here in the middle section. Church online, you click right below me. Others of you, ma'am, right here. And sir, right over here, right back over here. A man of God being born. Others today say, yes, that's my prayer. Lift up your hands and say, I call on him. Jesus, would you save me right over here in this section? Praise God for you, others today. I need his grace. I need his mercy. I need his forgiveness. Everybody, would you pray aloud with those around you? Pray, Heavenly Father, 
save me from my sins. Make me new. I believe Jesus died for me and he rose again so I could live for you. Make me new. Make me yours. Fill me with your spirit so I could serve you for the rest of my life. I repent. I turn to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. All of our churches, would you go crazy? Would you applaud? Would you celebrate? Would you welcome those today born into God's family?